Welcome to the Other Kingdom Podcast. Join Fred Betcher, Aaron Colago, and Levi Ellerton as they explore ministry and discipleship through the lens of the kingdom. This is season one. I'm a pilgrim here on the side of the grave, divide. I'm a pilgrim here, but I'll walk with you for a while. It is so wonderful to start this podcast off with some of the best people around that I know. Uh, this is our first episode. Yeah. Episode one. It's good. Are you guys excited about this? Yep. Just took a sip of coffee. Yeah. I mean, I think specifically, I'm super excited because this is a topic I think we feel, I think I could speak for all of us, feel really passionate about. Um, and so the fact that we get to, you know, spend time like discussing it and fleshing it out is just like really exciting. Yeah. It, it really is, and and we started this because of the chapel series that started two years ago, which was titled "The Other Kingdom." Yeah, um, which we invited speakers to come and uh, explore the ways that the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus demonstrates the nature of the kingdom of God. Yeah. Um, because man, there's just so many ways in which I feel like I just got on staff during that, mm-hmm. and um, I wish I I was a student to be a part of that more, but. Uh, coming to chapel and hearing more about this kingdom, the kingdom of God, which I believed pretty much like, yeah, I'm in the kingdom of God. I'm a Christian. Yeah. Uh, I've been saved. And now I get right. like this cool little stamp that's like, welcome to the club. Um, but I think it's deeper than that. And I hope you guys can yeah. agree with, with me. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you're like, you want to object. No, just a sticker. Just no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no I, I think like, I think we were really struck as we were building that chapel theme, we were really struck by the amount of times that this word kingdom is mentioned in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. And 150 the, times or yes. more. Yeah, yeah. I, I believe. Yep. And I think that that definitely gets our attention to a sense that it's like, I think that there's something more to this. And I think it needs exploration. And the more we explored it, the more otherness we saw about the kingdom that Jesus is talking about, that it doesn't actually operate or have the same type of economy as sort of what we would say the empire, or right? Yeah. Or the world that we live in or the world that Jesus was walking into in the first century. It, it was wholly other. Yeah, and it starts... I would say, and maybe like if there's a theologian listening to, they could be like, Levi, you're wrong. But I would say one of the beginning focuses, I would say, is in Exodus, where we see kind of this otherness of holiness. Yeah. Uh, the Israelites have just passed through the Red Sea, which is almost like this rebaptism. Yeah. And God calls them, Exodus 19, verse 6 says, I want you to be a kingdom of priests, yes. a holy nation, mm-hmm. uh, a nation that's set apart from the world. Yeah. The way that even the law is kind of the way it's written is so, I would say, radical to the way that the world Mm -hmm. acted in that time. And we could dive into some of the things, the way that women were treated, the way that slaves were treated, the way that that people were supposed to handle uh, conflict. It was complete change because this law was God in action. It was a light to the nations. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, you're right on. I think there's something when you analyze this kingdom of God, what this is, 
it looks different than the world that we're in right now. And it looks different than the structure of even, even like our context would be, which would be America, maybe Michigan. Yes. Um, we could go to another nation and, and maybe see the differences or maybe if there was similarities. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's ways that, that God's way is actually different than what we expect. When you see Jesus, you know, the Sermon on the Mount is kind of that, um, it gets dicey, I think, saying the reinterpretation of the law, but I think he was doing, he was doing a little bit of that. I mean, it's the that same concept of, like, this is what it's like to be in the kingdom of God. Yeah. And in the same way that Moses came down from the mountain with the law, yeah. You know, Jesus says, "Well, you've heard it said this." You know, goes back to the law, but. Like, this is what it looks like in action yes. right now. Yeah. Yes. And it's not just aspirational. Right. Right? Like, the things that Jesus was demonstrating in his life and the things that he preached and taught about weren't just like, hey, here's a standard you'll never meet. Right? It wasn't just this aspirational thing that people could look at and go, oh, yeah, we're just too broken. Right? But it's not necessarily something that you can just do in your own strength. It is learning to be an apprentice to Jesus and walk after Jesus's way, walking with Jesus and after him. And as we do that, we start to experience transformation. So we're not just white knuckling good behavior. Right. We're mm-hmm. actually responding the way Jesus would respond if he's in that situation. It's yeah. a natural response. Yeah, because it, it takes... There, I think we have a responsibility when we become somebody who, who enters a relationship with Christ. We think that God is going to change us, and he could. He could change us with the blink of a, an eye, but he invites us to walk with him. We have a part to play yes. as apprentices of Christ, yes. which I love that word. Um, it's like God is going to be there, and he's going to walk with us, and the Spirit is going to transform us. Yes. But what responsibility are we taking when we enter the kingdom of God? Yeah. yeah it requires active participation. That's right. That's right. And it's not, I, I think um, Dallas Willard makes really good distinctions here. You're not earning, yeah. but it does take effort. Mm-hmm. Right? So right. I think oftentimes the, uh, an example I hear um, used as we're talking about, and, and the word we really are using, living in the kingdom is also, it's pursuing formation. Yeah. Formation to, to the Jesus way. Or even like discipleship. Yes. That would be probably a common term that yes. our listeners would be like, oh yeah, discipleship. Yes. For sure. And it's like, it's the spirit, the spirit of God. And we're Pentecostals. We're people who are, we love the movement of the spirit. So frankly, formation should be something we're about because it's learning to um, allow the Holy Spirit to do that work in us. But right. but the example that's often used is it's learning to sort of... Um, open up the sail of a sailboat, right? The spirit of God is always speaking. He's always moving. We just have to learn to line up and get in step with him. Mm-hmm. And so it's sort of learning to hoist or, you know, put up the sail of the sailboat so that we can catch and stay in line with what he's already doing. Yeah. And we can do that through learning. And I think the, the word that's most often used is disciplines, which isn't a super fun word. I don't like getting disciplined. No, no, <laughs> but, but... Without them, we like the effort without that type of effort of learning to put these practices into right. our life, you can't be an apprentice of Jesus then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just just as a baseball player who wants to do well, yes. they have to discipline themselves. Yes, they have to take time 
they have to go to the batting cages. They have to like if they could watch informational videos left and right, they could but if they don't take time to actually discipline themselves to wake up early to to get in a good condition, they're not going to become a good baseball player That's no right. matter how much they want to. Right. And just with our walk with Jesus, if we want to know Jesus, if we want to be transformed by the spirit but we aren't actually engaging then then we're missing something that's problematic. I yeah. Think. I think the way that you're saying that too and the analogy of the the baseball player like you might be able to participate but not in the same like capacity if you're if you haven't prepared for that. Right. You know, you you miss certain things you you don't get to the full participation yeah. in, in what it means to to play baseball or to whatever whatever it is and and it's not that you again going back to that it's not like you earn that but you do participate differently when you know yeah like you can follow the baseball metaphor deep when you know what the coach you know wants of you or you know how to um uh move in the infield or like your your response is just different when you're you're doing that and i think this understanding of the kingdom comes down to us understanding the lordship of Christ. And, okay, so we understand that. So now what does it look like to participate with what he's doing it, and where yeah. the spirit is, is taking us? Yeah, it's like, okay, I'm going to follow the sort of the cringy baseball I'm metaphor. I'm so sorry. No, I threw it, that. It I'm works. not even a baseball no, it, it works. Just it's works. Like, like when you make the team, <laughs> oftentimes with Christians, we sort of, we accept the Lord. We accept him as our Lord and Savior. Yeah. Okay, you make the team, but many of us just settle for sitting on the bench and wait till the end. And we think our spirituality starts essentially starts once we get to heaven. Made and, the team. Yeah, you made the team. But the reality is what we're trying to push for is it's not just about making the team. It's getting the glove on, putting the cleats on, and walking on the field and learning how, with the help of the Holy Spirit transforming us, to participate on yeah. the team. And the, and the crazy thing here is sometimes we think, well, I'm, I'm participating, so that's good enough. It's not. Do you know what I mean? It's not, that would be a legalistic way of looking at it. Uh We do these things. We show up to practice time and time again because we get to experience communion with Jesus in it. And in that, he is transforming us. Yeah, and there's grace in in us when when we might sit in the sideline because we're not legalists. And I don't believe that's right. Um, God's not having a scoreboard of, well, you came to church, you did this. But there is something that's so inviting when we see the grace and the love of God that makes us go, yes, I want to grow closer. Yeah. I want to step on the field, yes. maybe. Um, so absolutely, 100%. So guys, let me just also continue this. This, So we've kinda, we're kind of talking through it, but so what? Why, why are we making this podcast? Like why does this podcast exist? That's kind of the question I want to kind of uh throw it to us and put maybe in the center um because i i would say the big definition that we've talked about is we want to explore ministry through the lens of this kingdom yes um but what would you guys say i think one of the i, I would say one of the big reasons why i was really 
um, excited about this podcast and exploring ministry through the lens of the kingdom was actually realizing how other the kingdom is Mm -hmm. to the empire and how often, because we live in this world, because we have to survive in the brokenness, we oftentimes conflate kingdom with empire, empire with kingdom. And when we actually like read the words of Jesus, we realize how other it is that the, in the economy of the other kingdom, there's a whole different metric for success. There's a whole different metric for really what loving someone looks like and how to live this life walking this earth. And I was, I think I, I am shocked every time I sit in that reality and I go, Oh my word, I've, I've, I conflate the two so easily. and Striving I Striving for something yes, else. Yes, yes. And when I actually sit and I think about the words and I see the actions of Jesus, I'm like, my word, that's, that's incredible. And, and I think all of us have sat and talked about the ways we first realized something about the other kingdom, right? Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, something that I had shared was a story about Dallas Willard, right? And him teaching Uh and he's teaching a class essentially. And he said something and a woman in the middle of it interrupts him and is very, very offended by what he just said. Now he had every right because of (laughs) all the the different degrees he has and Uh the amount of knowledge he has, right? He is a philosopher. He is a theologian. He is all the things, Uh right? PhD, professor at USC. He could have just owned that lady, right? right? Like he could have owned her in the sense of like, just really cut her down quick for doing such a thing like that. But instead he does the opposite, right? He cared more about her and her understanding of what he was saying than the fact that she had just interrupted him. Mm -hmm. And he went out of his way to make amends with her in front of the whole class and not just be like, wow, you are so rude lady. You just transgressed what is right in how we do society. He valued her more than himself in that moment. And that to me, that is shocking because he's the one with the PhD. He's the one who had every, and this is his class Mm -hmm. and he's an expert on formation. And instead he just loved that woman. He operated in the other kingdom. He did. And it reminds me, you know, everyone in the room is like, oh yeah, Dallas, take it to her. She's she she broke the rules. Here we go. Buckle yes, up. Yes, <laughs> yes. And instead, he refused. And it's like, oh, that's Different. that's it. Yeah. That's what it looks like. And and to me, I was like, how is that your natural response? Instead of he wasn't like yes. gripping his knuckles and being like, oh my, and gritting his teeth. His natural yeah. response was to move towards her in compassion. And to me, I was like, I want that. That's and and that's those are the stories that that I can think of too, even in my own life sure. of my father when, and dad, if you're listening, I hope I don't botch the story of <laughs> when someone interrupts his service drunk mm. and ro- starts. I was there. Were you there? Yeah. Maybe you should share this. I, I, maybe I, I mean, tell me if I'm wrong, but it just speaks it a lot to me. Mo- yeah. It was one of the most like disarming things that I've ever mm. been a part of. Yeah. For sure. No, he, he walked into the middle, like right down the center aisle the middle of service and just he's just standing there and he just kind of go keeps getting closer and closer he's not saying anything he's a right. big is a big guy and um he's inebriated and um your dad just kept preaching and then uh instead of like asking somebody to take him out or like hey you can't be here or whatever i was sitting there like i was like what's what's gonna go down do yeah. i have to like 
Protect Pastor Nate. <laughs> At all costs, protect <laughs> P. Nate. <Yeah. laughs> but he just said, hey, how's it going? And he, he called him out by name and just said, hey, can we all just pray for for him right now? Mm. That, and just yeah. like, like, and some of the guys in the church, I think even your father-in-law was there and uh, just everybody just, they prayed for yes. him. And he took a seat and sat there just the rest of the service. And it instead of it being any type of like altercation or like confrontation, it was everybody was confronted with um, the kingdom of God, basically. Yes. Like that, that heart it, for the other person. Yeah, that spoke, speaks a lot to me just as, as his son, but also someone who's dedicated my life to this ministry that God has called me that, that we don't have to just stand on the stage and say, well, I can't believe you have disrupted my service because I am doing this holy work. Right. And because like, I I feel like maybe I'm not growing uh, at at a good enough pace or whatever, but my flesh would want to be like, how dare you? (laughs) And the anger would come out. But I don't think my dad had to white knuckle it Mm -mm. and say, oh, I got to be patient. People are watching me. Mm -hmm. It just came out of his relationship with Jesus. And those are the times where I'm like, and this is what ministry is about. Well, and and just thinking about that right now, I was like, I heard your dad speak quite a few times and I learned and it wasn't that it wasn't meaningful stuff, but that moment sticks out to me like – I remember all of like how I felt right then. I remember just the response and it was just very, it was very like poignant memory. And I think a clear depiction of what we're talking about. Yeah. 100%. As we explore ministry through the lens of the kingdom, um, our view of the kingdom of God has grown together. Uh, But we'd like to conclude with a, a reading of scripture from Luke 10, 25. And behold, a lawyer stood up to put him to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, What is written in the law? How do you read it? And he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said to him, You've answered correctly. Do this, and you will live. But he, desiring to justify himself, said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance a priest was going down the road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. He went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, Take care of him, and whatever, whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? The man said, The one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, you go and do likewise. So often we want to call out the lack of kingdom in other people. 
we might ask, who's supposed to be our neighbor? Who's my neighbor? And Jesus asks us if we will be the neighbor. He calls it out of us. The heart of what we're doing is that when Jesus reveals to us our heart and our part in the kingdom of God is we, when we go and we do likewise. And in order to do likewise, it requires transformation because it doesn't naturally, we don't naturally have it in us to do that. And it requires becoming an apprentice of Jesus so that that is actually our response to someone is to be a good neighbor. Thanks for listening to the Other Kingdom Podcast brought to you by North Point College. Be sure to check out the show notes for links to any resources mentioned in the conversation and subscribe or follow the show from your favorite podcast platform.